Action. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Yardist. Right? I'm Matt Heiner. I'm Sam Barkley. And today, what are we talking about? Hiring your first employee. Hiring your very first employee. Great. What does that look like? When do you even know it's time to hire your first employee? I think that's a better question if we spin it back on you, because I don't have any employees <laughs> while you do have employees. I've got a few now, but I do remember when I was a one-man band, you know, that guy Bert from Mary Poppins, that was mm-hmm. me once upon a time. You're wearing a bunch of hats. The days are long. The nights are longer. Any loved ones at home are stressed. They are wondering why on earth you even started this business in the first place because you come home sweaty and dirty and tired and grumpy and you just got done working 14 hours in the sun and then you might be there for dinner and then you have to go into the back into the spare room and you're sitting there punching in estimates and trying to do designs when you're tired and you're not feeling very creative but you need work and you got to pay bills at least that's how it went for me uh, those days were long and I will be forever grateful for them, but I do not miss them at the same time. Um, eventually you get to the point where it's like, I need some help. And you might be wondering like, where, what, how, like, like what is even the right time? What is the right first position for you to hire? And that could be different for different people. Um, and I think what we're going to talk about, what we're going to get into today is, you know, very specifically, like what, you know, what type of things you need to look for when you're hiring your first employee or your first employees. Um, for me personally, my first employee was just an, a labor on the job site. His name was Carlos, and he was somebody that I just knew through my network of other, you know, other landscapers before I'd started my own company. So I just re- reached out to all my old coworkers and just said, hey, I need somebody that's willing to come work. And I got Carlos. He was just a little bit younger than me. And this guy was like the hardest working lemming I could have ever asked for. Like that guy would just shovel and shovel and shovel and move. And he worked so hard, but there was hardly any like leadership built into him. He didn't want any responsibility. He didn't want anything. But uh, I did all the wrong things when I first hired him. I just hired him and I would just paid cash like i would take his hours and i would just multiply it back then you could get away with hiring somebody for 10 bucks an hour so i would literally just say oh you worked 40 40 hours here's a check for 400 bucks and i would just write a check out on my checkbook and i would give it to him and that was great and then i got to the end of the year and i got you know to my accountant and they're like whoa 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 time out was this an employee or was this a subcontractor because when you're hiring an actual employee there's certain paperwork that needs to come along there's W-2s, there's uh, workers' comp insurance. There's all kinds of things that you need to make sure that you've got and are providing as an employer to make sure you're doing it right. I didn't know what I was doing. I just went for it and I just did it. And then I course corrected once I learned differently. And 
it worked for me. Like I, however, you don't want to go down the wrong path for a certain amount of time because you will get audited eventually. I've been audited by the Department of Labor and they're going to look at certain things. You want to make sure that you're checking those boxes and you're running a legitimate company or they have the power to fine you, shut you down, interrupt your daily business flow. And so there's a lot of things that you're going to want to think about when you're hiring that first, first employee to make sure that you are doing it right. And so with all that, you know, doing it right, because sure you can hire a Chuck from down the street or you can uh, put an ad out on Craigslist and find some local help and go the route you did at first and pay under the table. But, you know, I think that a lot of people think that the only cost to an employee is the hourly rate at which you pay the employee. What are some of those upfront costs that you have to fork over, you know, if any, to do it the legal route, to get all of the workers' comp in line, to get the W-2s filled out? You know, how does that look? Is it an upfront investment to even think about getting employees? Yeah, oftentimes workers' comp will they'll want to see a forecast of what you intend on paying them, and they're going to want you to pay that out quarterly to you know, uh, of, of the projected wages that you're going to pay. And then what's going to happen is you're going to get audited once a year. And it's most of the time, it's just a self audit, depending on the, you know, the, uh, the workers comp agency that you're working with, you do a self audit, which includes attaching certain, uh, tax documents and all the actuals, and then they'll reevaluate and you'll either get a credit or you'll get a bill at the end of the year um, to make up the difference of, of what you are moving forward. So workers comp is gonna work that way, but then you're also gonna have to, to look at other certain parts of it with um, getting things set up from an employee standpoint with um, uh, you know, social security and paying into that for them as well. Um, you know, In the beginning, when you're hiring this employee, you're not going to have a lot of incentives to compete with bigger companies. You're not going to have health benefits. You're not going to have paid time off per se. Um, I mean, you might, and I think it's, it's, it's something that you could definitely work into, but you're going to have to get some stability for these people to want to actually come and work for you. Um, but in the beginning, you're going to have to bring something else to the table that's going to entice people to want to come and work for you. And oftentimes that's going to come in the form and fashion of, um, massive growth and opportunity or flexibility. And I think with the flexibility comes with, you know, if, if you're hiring your first uh, office person, you know, giving them work from home opportunities or flexible hours or uh, other creative out of the box things that might be enticing to that uh, in particular individual to make them want to work for you because you are creating a healthy environment uh, for them to want to work. I mean, I'd argue and say that it's both. Um... I think that it's a combination of the two. You can't necessarily just offer the one. And the reason I say that is if you're not allowing for some substantial growth and um, you're not really setting that ceiling high enough for the employee, then more than likely you're just going to end up with a worker that runs like a zombie and all he does is do clock the task, in, clock, clock in, out. clock out. There's no enthusiasm. There's mm -hmm. no desire. And the product is going to suffer from that. And there's going to be seasons. Like when you're first starting out, you're. it's going to be really hard to attract eight players. 
because those eight players are going to want something more that you're going to be able to offer, you know, and, and unless you are a damn good salesperson. And if that's the case, you are better than me uh, and better than I ever was at that at that stage. But um, uh, and my hat's off to you. But at that beginning, like one thing that I found and I've had other mentors tell me about this, you're going to find about three waves of the, of teammates that come through your business when you're first starting out. Because when you're first starting out, you're going to be attracting those people that want that are going to be stuck in their ways. They're going to want uh, that flexibility. You're typically not going to be tracking a lot of things. There's not going to be a lot of paperwork. There's not going to be a lot of policies and procedures. You're going to be able to manage a lot of that stuff just by being present and keeping a, a hand, uh, a pulse on what's going on at every aspect of your business. But as your business evolves, you're going to have to start thinking of other things and policies and procedures, and you're going to get and attract a whole new second wave of people that are going to help you move to that next level. But when you move to that next level, you're going to, you, you, there's a good chance that you're going to actually ex exhaust the people that were once working for you because the things that were attractive of working with you once upon a time are no longer there and you know things are going to change and they're going to evolve and they're either going to change and evolve with you or you're going to have to you know stop the bus and let them out um, and oftentimes that middle group is going to help you get to that but then when you get to that more mature level business kind of where where we're at these days where you've got a lot more policies and procedures and all those kinds of things we're now able to attract top tier talent to our company and that chased out a lot of the the middle uh, the middle of the road people where they weren't really committed to growing and being the best and they liked some of that, but that worked them out of the business eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but all that to say, let's say you are um, trying to figure out what is the best route for you. Like, how do you hire these, this first employee? You know, um, Indeed is a great place to go right now. Just going on to Facebook is a great place to find them. But more important, importantly, you need to take a hard look at yourself and your business and figure out what, is the you know where do you need the most help and i would look internally first and foremost to figure out what do you suck at the most for me i suck at anything paperwork and accounting or any kind of detail monotonous task i'm the last person you want to give that to because i am going to put that on the very back burner and then i'm going to bury it with other things that just look like shiny objects to me and it's never going to get done and so I learned early on that one of my very first hires was finding a like an office personnel. And just because I'm hiring an office personnel, it didn't mean that I had to hire them full time. I actually found an individual that uh, was willing to work part time with the flexible hours. And they came in two, three days a week and just did all the stuff that needed to get done. And you know, I, you just had to think a little bit outside the box to be able to get some of those things done. Some people have wives that make a good cup uh, duo. That was never one of our situations um, in the beginning. My wife had a, night, a regular nine to five job, and so she was going to work, and that wasn't an option for us. So, so starting off with you know an office employee, does that mean you're still running jobs solo on the job site? Um, are you still running with a helper? You know, I I think it's smart to start with an office employee because you can't install a patio yeah. or plant a tree while typing up an invoice or, you know, looking for that next prospective lead. Well, so, also, I mean, it makes sense. There's also other things. Like, I, I think as a contractor, the number one complaint from homeowners is people not answering their phone. 
So if you're busy and you're shoveling or you're in a piece of equipment and they're not able to hear you or you're not able to hear the phone ringing and stop what you're doing every time the phone rings, you're losing out on a missed opportunity. So there's other things that you can do while you're looking to hire your first employee. And I would suggest looking into a um, into an answering service where you can just pay a monthly subscription fee and you they only there's some out there that only charge you by the phone call the or by the mi- by the minute that they're actually on the phone for you. And so that would be one of your very first uh, greatest in- investments that you can make in your company is to just make sure that you've got somebody available to answer your phone. And if nothing else, you have a real human being just taking messages. Mm-hmm. So that way they can, somebody can talk they to a heard. real person. They feel heard and they actually felt like they got a real person. So they can, the, the phone can get answered. They can take a message and they, they can email you the contact information. And you can, a lot of those answering services are really good at um, taking feedback on certain uh, frequently asked questions so they can answer some of those. But then if nothing else, they can take a message and pass that on uh, to you so you can carve some time out at the end of the day to call those people back before you go home and clock out for the day. Yeah, so whatever is going to make work the most efficient free up time, allow for projects to get done faster, more projects to get on the books. So if you go the answering, you know, route, then maybe you're looking at hiring a field guy. I would say as you are trying to figure out what your first hire is, obviously we're in construction, design, build, getting somebody on the field was made the most sense for me because one, I needed the extra help, but two, it just kept the project moving forward. And so that way, for me, the way that I started out, I had Carlos and I would at least give him enough direction to where if I had an estimate, I could say, hey, Carlos, I just need this pile of rock installed over here. And I would just line him out with enough instructions to keep him busy for, uh, you know, one to three hours. And so I could leave the job site, go pick up materials or go to an estimate or that kind of stuff. And I come back and he'd get it done. And I learned really quickly that I couldn't just task him with more than that. But um the object is you want to prioritize your sales in the beginning above anything else you want to prioritize first there's three things there's there's a hierarchy of three uh three categories in your business when you're starting out and the first thing that you need to pay attention to is your sales sales always needs to be the most the top priority the second thing is the actual production you want to make sure the production is done second but whenever you have a sales opportunity you need to drop whatever you're doing and make the sale because once the sale is made the sales will fix the production and provide you with the opportunity to get the production done either via employees or that kind of stuff. The third thing is the admin. That could be the last part. It can get done on a much less time constraint basis. Um, but that's the that's the hierarchy of, of prioritizing the three buckets of, of, of your business when you're first starting out. So that said, you're usually you're typically the salesperson when you're first starting out. So you want to make sure production still gets done, but you want to drop everything, go take those sales calls and get that done. Um, a, a, a good exercise when you are starting out is to create what's called an organizational chart. And if you don't know what that is, Google an image about it. It's basically a flow chart of uh, the hierarchy and all the positions that you have in your company. So at the top, you're gonna to have the owner, and then you're gonna have the office and the staff and the salesperson, and you're gonna have crews and foremen and operators and delivery people and project managers. And for us at a Heiner, we've got a media team, we've got retail, we've got associates, we've got all these people, and you gotta figure out who reports to who, and you gotta put it in an organizational chart that flows, and that allows us to streamline that communication. Mm-hmm. And when you're first starting out, 
you keep those names blank, but you put those positions there because in the beginning, when you're first starting out, you're going to put your name in all of those boxes, but then you need to figure out and circle. All right, what boxes go together and how can I hire somebody that can take this, this, and this, and this off of my plate, bundle those up, and then you can create a job description based off of those tasks that are being done. And then you can uh, make a job ad and a job posting to attract somebody to handle those certain aspects of your business. So you're saying start with a roadmap. Start, yeah, start with start start with a roadmap of the destination of where you're going. Just figure out what all these positions are and then work backwards into that to figure out what positions you need to hire. And even when you're hiring one person, they might be occupying two, three, four, five of those boxes. Mm -hmm. But the idea is you want to create a full-time position for somebody or a part-time position to at least fulfill some of those roles in your company so you can train those aspects that you have and offload that onto somebody else. So you can focus on the things that you're better at or excel at or more efficient at. All right, so we've determined what set of shoes we need to fill, right? And now we need to find that person to hire. Is there a better place to look depending on the role? So like say for an office administrator, is there a better place to look than for finding a hardworking construction laborer that's gonna you know, continue the production side of things? Um, so is there niches to searching for the right employee? Um, that's a good question. Really like what I found is Indeed is probably gonna be your best bet. It is a play, pay to play type of game there. Um, so you're gonna to wanna to look at it as an investment opportunity in your business because you're gonna to wanna to find the right person as soon as possible. Hiring is a skill. You know, you're gonna get lucky and you're gonna get not so lucky in the beginning, but it is an intentional skill that you wanna spend some time figuring out how to hire and find that ideal person. Um, to do that and to be really better about it, I would go back to our episode on core values and get those established. I would also spend some time putting together a mission and a vision statement. So that way, when you're bringing somebody on, they know the direction and the vision of the company, of what you stand for, of your beliefs and what your mission is to do for people, but then also the direction and the vision of what it's going to look like. What are they cumulatively going to be a part of building? Um, and spend some time putting those together. And the three of those together are going to help bring people into your organization that want to actually be a part of it. So you put it on face and then you can put your job ad, your job descriptions together. And then I would post it on Facebook or on Indeed. And then I would put a little sponsored booth or spo sponsored ads to it. So that way it's actually seen by certain people. Uh, it's hit or miss. You know, I think we're going to go into a season where more people are actually going to be looking for jobs and it might be easier to find workers. But with the labor shortage that's going on, um, uh, you know, you're going to have to be that much more marketable and that much more aggressive in defining people and that much more intentional in being an ideal place to want to work. Uh, I mean, that said, I mean, we've been trying all, even here at Heiner, we've been trying all season and spending money all season for six or seven months trying to find qualified candidates for the foreman position. And it's just something you just have to realize at a certain point in growth of your company, you're going to continue to just invest put that into your budget as a constant investment to just being seen because you need clients, you need employees just as much as you need clients. And mm -hmm. I think you need to split that marketing budget up 
to put some towards marketing, and uh, not only for clients, but for employees as well. When you mentioned something that's pretty crucial there, and that's uh, qualified. It's not just about finding the first employee, but it's about finding the qualified employee. And so instead of asking, what do you look for? Because I know we're just going to go back to our core values. What are some red flags in a potential new hire? Say you're looking for someone to continue the side of production and you've got a couple interviews. What are some things that would potentially just be like, it's not going to work out like for this position or just based on a fit? Like in your experience, have you come across anything that was just immediately no? Uh, I mean, I bet it depends on how desperate I was when I was first starting out. I've had seasons where we had so much work and I didn't have anybody to get it done. If you showed up and filled out an application, boom, you had a job. Here, here you go. You start tomorrow. No questions asked. No question asked. You got to pulse. You're hired. And that was probably one of the worst mistakes I've made um, because I, like, I was just oozing desperation. And, you know, and, and now I'd rather just limp along with a good team and just stack it up and not get as many projects into the ground and wait for the ideal candidate to come, come along. Uh, I've learned that through experience. But, um, you know, I, there's I've had some guys that have shown up. They've got their creases in their pants because they just went to Walmart la- the night before and got their, uh, you, you know, got their, uh, what, what are those, what is that brand? The, uh, the Dickies, you know, they got their oh, brand yeah. new Dickies work boots. He had a brand new lunch pail. I was like, man, good for this guy. He's like, I, I was really impressed. And the poor guy didn't even make it to lunch. He literally walked off the job, handed the shovel to the form and said, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm like, I'm just, the work isn't for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you got to look at yourself as a teacher and a mentor and a leader when you're hiring, especially your first employee, because you're more than likely not going to um, you know, hire somebody with experience unless you've been in the industry. You know, I would start with your friends or somebody that you know that might not be happy about their, previ- their, their current employer. And you're going to have to have something that's going to entice them to want to come with you. So, uh everybody's situation is a little bit different and come here Bodie. come on come on you know come on there you go <laughs> um but everybody's situation is different and you might have other advantages that i didn't have growing up in uh in what we did so uh but red flags i mean obviously you don't you know i've had people show up for job interviews you know, smelling like cigarettes and alcohol and, you know, just looking like slobs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're going to want to find somebody that's going to be clean, you know, clean cut that you're not going to be afraid to put in front of your, your homeowners. And you want them, you want to make sure that, you know, the, the wives that are at home are going to feel comfortable with the people that are representing you and your company. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's all about an image and, you know, it's, I would say it's even important to you know, set them up for success. I always like to make sure we give everybody a, a, a set of fresh shirts so that way they have a uniform something clean to wear every single day and fresh hats uh, I've, I've spent money on some nice richardson hats i want people to feel pride on the uniform that they're wearing i want it to be like a badge of honor to wear that heiner leaf that we've got and so um that's that, that's important to me when i'm hiring and, and making that first hire is that you're setting setting the stage up and setting them up for success yeah no i mean it makes sense it's the face of your company in a way 
because they're the one being seen by the client or having more of that direct interaction more frequently. They're the one that's in the field that is driving your trucks through town. Um, so someone who's responsible and respectable enough to yeah. clean themselves up and in put the on beginning, they face. may not even be driving a truck. They might be direct reporting right to your job site. You know, you got to get creative. Oftentimes mm -hmm. when you're first starting out, you don't have an office. Your office is your house and your spare bedroom or your kitchen table. And so um, you're really just trying to bootstrap and live the American dream. So I've got so much respect for the people that are just starting out and trying to make it work. And so, but there's certain things that you can do to spend a little bit of money in the beginning to get these people set up for success and feeling pride in the company that they're working for. But I don't know. I mean, I could talk about this forever, but uh, I don't know any other, any other things that we haven't covered on this topic of finding that in first employee. No, I think that, like you said, it's different for everyone. We can't write the roadmap for them because uh, we'd be writing it for ourselves and it's not going to necessarily apply. So I think leaving it kind of open and vague is going to be the best thing. And just touching on some of these points, it's going to allow you guys to, you know, drop into the comments and we're happy to clarify and answer things um, for you with your specific situations or, you know, assist in any way that we can. But it's just kind of uh, there's too many differences across every company that it's a hard thing to really pin down. Yep. Yeah. Like Sam, I'll echo what Sam said. Uh, send us a DM. Be happy to clarify or answer this. And if I miss the mark on this, you know, let me know on that too. I'd love to, to go in depth if we need to anymore. But uh, uh, until the next episode, everybody, don't forget to just be better than yesterday. I've got a sweat bead that's just like ready to release from my forehead and <laughs> it is this a... fucking strap. Oh, man. Woo! It is hot. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look, look at the inside of this. Oh, baby. yeah. Oh, baby. That is hot. <laughs>